0: This week's episode of Choose Don't Excuse is sponsored by Muscle Donut. Muscle Donuts are gluten-free, baked, never fried, hand-dipped, and packed with 10 grams of protein. That's right, 10 grams of protein. We absolutely love them. If you enjoy living a healthy lifestyle, but donuts are your weakness, check out TheMuscleDonut.com. welcome to Choose, Don't Excuse. My name is Jody Cedric. And I'm Judy. And we are your host every week as we explore the power of choice in your life. And I'm just kind of chuckling to myself because we're actually sitting in our recording studio, which is our bedroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we moved it from the kitchen. So at one point we were in our kitchen and now we're in the bedroom because...
0: And well, one, I think the audio hopefully is going to be a little better, but also... I'm sitting in front of this little glass desk that we have, and Judy has her leg propped up across my legs as she's icing the back of her knee. So Yeah,
1: these are the self-care things that you got to do when you injure yourself. And my injury is just, I mean, it's very, very minor, and I know what to do to fix it. But, you know, when you're active, these things will happen sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's cool. I've got like a... I, what did you say? Did you tell them it's saran wrapped?
0: No. That's... Oh,
1: so ice bag, saran wrapped around my knee so I can hold it in place, and I'm actually very comfy. <laughs> that's so, good. So I feel good. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it, it's just kind of a funny little photo, is you know, as I'm looking. It's a v- funny visual as I'm looking at at us. Surrounding our laptop, the microphone, and, of course, Judy's saran wrapped leg.
1: <laughs> and I'm going to be taking a picture of this. Here we are. So, so, no worry. I'll take a picture. We'll post
0: it. Yeah, it's just super fun. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's just kind of the way life is. I mean, life just kind of happens. And as you're moving and shaking, you need to make adjustments. And sometimes those adjustments require us to... Um, you know, saran wrap our leg or go to the doctor or anything like that. So,
1: saran wrap our leg or go to the doctor. What?
0: Well, it's because I was at the doctor this yeah. morning, and you were you're sitting here with a saran wrapped leg. So
1: sometimes life is like that, where you have to stop and actually what?
0: Yeah, take care of yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do take care of ourselves, but sometimes there's extra measures that need to be done. And you know what? That's what life's about, right? I mean, things happen in life. They always do. You have the best laid out plans, right? I can picture, um, actually I think of weddings, honestly, a weddings, funerals, just events. And you have the best laid out plans where you're thinking nothing is going to happen. Nothing's going to go wrong, whatever. You've got everything covered. And guess what? Something goes wrong, right? Something
0: always hits you. always
1: does. And (laughs) I think we have to just prepare for that. Well, I don't Ever prepare for me to be sick, to be laid up. I never prepare for that. And when it does, honestly, though, even because I don't prepare, I think it's because um just I think because of experiences in a life period that I've expected that if something does go wrong, you know what? I'm just gonna keep going and moving and flowing with it. So I've got my legs saran wrapped. Does that mean I have to adjust? at my workouts? Yes. Did I do some cardio today and jumping up and down? Yeah. Did that aggravate it? Yes, it did. But I also modify as well. So I think that's just kind of a lesson in life that we have to realize life's going to take some turns. And we don't. Um, if we don't adapt to it and adjust to it, it can be very, very frustrating and challenging. So depending on how you react to it, you can decide how much frustration you're going to go through. <laughs> so am yeah. I frustrated about my leg? Honestly, not. Why? Because I know it's temporary. And even if something more damaging, if I didn't go to the doctor to figure it out because I don't need to at this point, but if there's something more damaging, well, then I'll just adjust to it again. But that's over time and experience, I think, in life and, and just the wisdom of how you handle things.
0: Well, and I think that's an important thing is um, you know your body. You know what has happened. You know what to do. You know how to adjust. And with experience, we learn how to best take care of ourselves and make those fine-tuned adjustments to bring about the best scenarios for our life. And, and one of the things that I've been thinking about the last couple days is I was driving down the road the other day, and I was listening to um NPR's um Guy Ross he has this phenomenal uh podcast called How I Made This and he was interviewing Andy Dunn the founder of Bonobos um which was which is a company that was bought out by Walmart and they were an online company that created um they solved the problem of baggy diaper butt in khaki pants
1: what <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know i haven't heard this uh, this is the first time i'm hearing this guys so. yeah so what baggy diaper butt and
0: yeah have you ever pants? walked have you ever walked behind a guy and and you're watching him walk and he's it's like he's got a load in his pants yeah especially in khaki pants no so because they I, don't quite fit either they don't they're they either fit good around the Thighs, oh, and well, they don't fit well around the waist no, that's
1: my issue so i have a bag and vice butt. versa
0: and so i
1: had no idea so why they you saw tell me? you I... don't
0: i'm just i'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying
1: wait wait <laughs> you guys i have that issue where the pants fit around my legs and but not around my waist it's always very loose around the waist that's that's the blessing i have of big thighs so i'm just like why it, 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 why didn't you ever tell me that I had a baggy <laughs> butt?
0: I'm not. I'm not saying you do. Uh, I'm but saying I don't
1: care. But I just want to know why didn't anybody tell me? Okay, go on. you don't. Go on.
0: In <laughs> fact, the, the enhancements that you've been doing with all of your butt workouts, you're filling that out. So uh, that's okay, not even yeah. an well, issue again. Been years. Okay, go ahead. So, but you have solved that problem on your own. How did
1: they solve the problem? But
0: but he, they yeah. actually um, his original partner. He it really bugged him. That his khaki pants never felt right. So he actually went, he's like, look, when I buy a pair of pants, I actually go and I have, I go to a tailor and the tailor changes the waist design so that it actually fits the curvature of his butt comfortably.
1: Okay. And well, so. That makes sense. So
0: the more he thought about this, he's like, you know what, maybe what I need to do is go back to that tailor and we develop a pattern that can then be used for you know, creating comfortable, nice-fitting men's khaki pants.
1: Oh, this is only for men, not Yeah, men. it's
0: only men, right? Oh. He solved the problem for men. And so they actually built this business out of his idea to solve a problem with men's pants. Because men don't typically want to go to the store and fit on pants. They just want to buy the size and put them on. Well, they actually figured out a way to fit men with the proper pant design to make them comfortable with these great colors and pockets and stuff. And so, this whole podcast was, and, and the whole series is, is, is how, do, how did they build a successful company? They ultimately were bought out by Walmart for $310 million. So, very successful run, but the story. The whole purpose of this podcast is to explore the challenges and the triumphs as they went through the process of building their company. And Andy was sharing how they had reached, they actually had separated and he was running the company by himself. And they had reached a point where they were eight days away from not having money for payroll. And Guy, Roz, asked the question, he said, how did you stay optimistic during this time? (laughs) And Andy's response was he laughed. He's like, stay optimistic? (laughs) What makes you think I was optimistic? I was defiant in the face of a terrifying reality. And and I love that because I think we are so often told in every situation of life, when it gets tough, when it gets challenging, that you just need to be optimistic in every situation. And he's like, I wasn't being optimistic. I was being defiant. I wasn't going to lose. I was going to figure out a way to overcome this obstacle. And I love that thought because We are so often taught and encouraged that optimism solves all problems when really our creativity, our determination, our drive to push through a challenging situation. I think coupled a little bit with faith and optimism is what enables you to succeed.
1: So I think, and that's great, and I believe that. When he says, you know, I was defiant, I honestly believe that it's how you perceive what works for you. So, so optimism is positivity. Okay. That's pretty much what it is. Right. Right. So I believe it's what works for you. If you think, if you feel the word for you, okay, I think it's more of a phrase. It's kind of like tomatoes, tomatoes. How do you say it? Do you say it with, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be optimistic or I'm going to be defiant. And I think that's, it's what drives you. What phrase, what word, what perspective will drive you to the next, you know, for the next level or to the next thing that you can, so that you can overcome whatever obstacle. And that's perfectly fine that it's defiant for him. And that's how I, that's how I would roll. You know, that's, that's me. I like it to, I like, feeling or thinking, like, tell me that I can't do something because I'm going to show you that I will. And that's just how I think, because I want to be challenged. And some people probably don't want to feel that way because it's more, um, I don't know if uh, aggressive is the word or, um, but maybe it's more negative in their, in their thought process. But for him, that optimism, that positivity was being defiant.
0: Well, and, 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 I didn't even get from the podcast that he was optimistic. He just was, he's like, I am defiant in the face of of overwhelming odds. I am going to overcome this. The odds are against me and I am defying you to beat me.
1: Okay, so actually I just had a thought about this. Maybe it's the thought of, well, okay, when something challenging happens, let's just say You're held at gunpoint, okay? It's a fight or flight um, response. And his response would be, I'm going to fight. And maybe the flight isn't necessarily, I don't know if I'm going anywhere with this, so let's just see. Let's just see where I'm going with this. I was thinking that the fight would be the defiant part, but the flight, is that positivity? Maybe it's that you flee, so that you can think of a better process. Okay, maybe I digress. Let's go backwards. Let's let's well, go back and, to what and, you're saying. And, and, and maybe, but that
0: that's an interesting thing because you can step back
1: okay, so. and
0: evaluate a really challenging situation and go, All right, how can I overcome this? So would
1: that be right? A Instead of,
0: of retreating and going into the fetal position and just giving up. Yeah. You know, what we're talking about is stepping back and going... Either All stepping
1: right. back or fighting.
0: Right. And yeah. and I think even stepping back, it's almost like you're taking a breath so that you can then move forward. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need to... It's kind of like in the MMA thing. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you faint, right? You, right. you pull back right. and then you attack. Right. And so I think a lot of times we think that just because we take a pause that we're retreating when really what we're doing is we're resetting for the fight.
1: Right. That's good. I like that analogy. I yeah. like that visual.
0: And the other thing that as we were talking about this this morning as we were driving home is you said something very interesting. You said Oh yeah. lives are messy.
1: Mhm.
0: Right? And so how do you deal with the messiness of
1: life? Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Let's let's backtrack. I want our listeners to hear this. So my thoughts were that well, we were actually discussing our own lives and uh, our situation just because do you want to tell them what you Go ahead. So right now, you know, we we everybody has something that they're dealing with in life, whether it's in work, family, or both or whatever, right? But then on top of that, we're dealing with some some health issues. So Jody, develop shingles all of a sudden and it's like (laughs) what the heck is this it's like okay he's got shingles and then I've got a hurt knee and I think wow okay we you know we're adding it's almost like we just keep layering the challenges in our life and I thought a health issue all right we'll deal with it fine we've got health issues okay but that layer on it made us think oh my gosh life is just so messy our lives are messy and then we think overall everybody's life is messy why do we even think why do we even have the thought that our life shouldn't be messy tell me one person that you know that their life is just like a breeze there's nothing going on no health issues no family issues no job issues no whatever no challenges at all and i'm like thinking you're gonna see someone like uh who's dead Okay <laughs> because I'm thinking, well, I guess I want even... yeah, they don't have any health issues'
0: <laughs> they're done. They're
1: but um but I'm just thinking i our lives are messy all the time, so what, to answer your question, let me just backtrack a little bit to answer your question, I haven't lost that question where you're saying, how do you deal with that? I think there's two things one, first, where do we even get the idea that we shouldn't have a messy life. And I'm going to answer that. But two, if we just accept that our life is is a variable, is always go, it's dynamic. It's going to go up and down and move and shuffle and whatever. It's going to be like that. Then we, I think, can accept. I'm not saying that you're going to be happy about it. I'm just saying that you're going to accept that, okay, moving on, adjusting, Figure out a way. Figure out the solution. Okay, so that could be the process. The first part is, I believe, um, honestly, I believe movies, uh, media, specifically movies, shows, they paint a real rosy picture. Okay, okay. I think that it's all fantasy when you're watching these shows. Soap operas are like the worst. <laughs> and I'm talking and it's not like the soap operas back in the 80s where we had, I mean, do they I think we still have those kind of soap operas like days of our lives. I have
0: no idea. Um I know,
1: I don't either. I don't even know because we don't watch TV. But what is the other one? General Hospital, I think that's the other one. Okay, the one that I did watch as a kid, I was seriously, I was watching the 17, 18. Um, was Days of Our Lives. And I was so, so enraptured by these people. But I'm saying that these soap opera type lives, these soap opera type shows um, are there and they are all fantasy. Is everything a fantasy on TV? Pretty much. Why? And and movies too. Look at how it ends. Sometimes, most of the time, it's a fairy tale ending kind of thing. Life's not like that. Why do we believe that life should be like that? Even when we watch... Okay, gosh, I'm going on a rant. <laughs> this is probably why I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I, watch, I like to watch movies. And I, do you know what my favorite movies are, guys? It's Marvel Comics type movies. Why? Because I totally know their fantasy. I totally know that. But there's a lot of great um, positive impact and motivational impact that I can get from there. So anyways, but the fact that... Um, Even even um, shows that say even movies that say based on a true story. Yeah, it's based on it, but it's not necessarily the entire truth. They didn't show you all the other nitty gritty grinding, all the garbage that they had to deal with. Sometimes even they take out certain things that actually were the pivotal points because they're thinking, oh, this is not going to be show worthy. It's not going to be entertaining to our audience. So they're not going to get it. So let me let me just tell you. The movie industry, I hate to say this, guys, they dumb it down for us, okay?
0: <laughs> they totally dumb it
1: down for us because they think that, oh, they need to be, you know, entertained. It's like, gosh, give me some substance, people. Give me something. And that's like the, um, although it was it was very funny, Kevin Hart is hilarious, but like um, we live near an airfield, guys. That's why there's an airplane going by right now. <laughs> um, but the show, um, The Upside. Yeah. And that's based on a true story. Um, great, great story. I, I recommend you guys watch that. It's great because there's such a such a, a dynamic with the two two people involved. But I'm I'm saying that we I think have um, living our lives believing that it's got to be something that's just smooth sailing like the movies. Reality is life is messy. It's going to always be that way. There's always going to be trials. There's going to be something that um, inhibits us to getting, getting where we want to go. And why is that? It's because you need to experience it so that you can progress to the next level. And part of that is not giving up. Okay? I'm not talking about failure. I'm talking about not just throwing in the towel because of a situation, but, but maybe readjusting. And, you know, when you have your sights set on a goal, I believe you can achieve that goal. You just may need to take a different turn because life got messy for you, so you may have to take a different turn.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic as you go through the messiness of life. There are so many things that can cause you to retreat, to give up, and it's interesting because earlier we were talking about what truly is failure because in your mind and in my mind, there you don't ever really fail as long as you're learning, right? If, you, if you're learning and progressing and moving forward, then that is what is critical as you're going through these experiences and... Life can be very, very challenging. It can be, it can throw some really big curveballs at you. And I guess the real challenge is, is, are you able to stay in the batter's box when those curveballs come at you? Because when you're, when you're playing baseball and a curveball is coming at you, the ball actually is coming at you. <laughs> and having the discipline to wait for the curve is it takes practice. It takes learning how to be patient. And sometimes, you know, you know, when you're younger and playing, you know, literally, <laughs> the, the ball actually hits you because it didn't curve. The guy's learning how to pitch. But, you know, as you're waiting for that ball to curve, and if you can just be patient and let it curve into the strike zone and then take that swing, that is really critical for you to – for your ultimate success of being able to be patient and willing to wait for that curve. It, it, it's challenging. And also being able to grit your teeth and hoping, you know, especially when you're younger waiting for it to curve so you don't get hit.
1: Okay. But I'd like to touch on that. I want you to tell me because I don't play baseball. Tell me about that hit because we do get hit. It hurts. Life life does hit you. Okay? And so I'm just trying to see if with with that hit, I'm going to suspect that when you do get hit and it does hurt, you learned from it. Like you either learned something do you move or is it that the pitcher need to learn something? I mean I don't I don't know. You tell me. I think I'm
0: it's done. both, right? It's one, you know, if you're on the pitcher's side, he has to make some adjustments in the way he's throwing and the way he's curving his arm to make that ball track on the way that he's intending it to track so there's learning on the pitcher side but on the batter side when that ball is coming at you and it hits you you know and you know obviously the pros i mean they're getting hit with the ball that's going 100 miles an hour you know when i played in city league and stuff i was you could get hit by a ball going 75, 80 miles an hour. And I tell you that, that hurts. It flat out hurts. And so when you, when you shake it off, when you hit it and you kind of work out your arm and, and kind of shake the pain out and then you get in that batter box, mentally you have to go, all right, am I going to get hit again? Or am I, is he going to throw me a good pitch? And if it does, if he does throw another curve, Am I going to have the courage to stay in and wait for that ball to curve? And so there's a lot of mental process and determination that goes in to get back into that batter box and be willing to take another swing.
1: Well, and I was going to say that because now you are apprehensive about that pitch, about the next pitch or whatever's going to happen because you're thinking, I could get hit. So now... That's In life, that happens too. It's like, well, do I want to stay in it um, because we could fall again or we could fail or we could we could take a hit um, on our finances and, and these things, but is it worth it? I think that's probably the question you have to ask yourself when you're in that batter's box. Is it worth it to take the hit? Am I going to take the hit for the team? Am I going to um, learn from this? Am I not, you know... Or am I just going to like, you know, just what, what's another, what's another, what's another um, strategy you would take as a batter? Could you take another step strategy about?
0: No. And and really it's overcoming that fear of getting hit again, right? I mean, you, you have to be willing to step back into that box and be willing to face that picture again. Or
1: I guess this is what it would be. Or you say, take me out coach.
0: Well, yeah, but I don't know any pattern. But I'm ever, just saying. But you could, right? That's right.
1: That's, that would be the other thing. It's like, if you don't want to face that, you're like, take me out, coach.
0: Or you can rush, get mad and rush the mound. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's that? Tell <laughs> and me about And I'm take honest.
0: it out on the pitcher, right?
1: Oh, and, and that happens, and right? And, and that's an interesting And then interesting what's the penalty th- for that?
0: <laughs> oh, well, I mean. No, <laughs>
1: seriously. I want to know. You could not-
0: get, get ejected from the game, right?
1: Okay. Because, so, like, think about it. How... So then if he rushed the mound, that's him getting angry. Right. That's just angry. He's
0: reacting. He's He's reacting. Right. He's not acting. He's not taking control of himself. He's reacting to what somebody else did to him. And and really that that's a key thing, right? Because life hits us with challenges and do we react or do we act? Mm -hmm. No, do we rush the mound or do we reset? Get ourselves back in the batter box and go, you know what? I'm going to keep swinging. And a lot of times when people ask me how life goes for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm still in the batter's box and I'm I'm still swinging. And yep, sometimes I'm hitting fouls, sometimes I'm hitting singles, and I'm still waiting for that big home run. And I think a lot of us are waiting for that big home run when what we need are the little singles and doubles that compound to ultimate Getting the the hit and the runs that that you're trying to get.
1: Okay, and that's something that I think that we don't um, really value is the the singles, and um, because of the fact that we're looking, I think you just said it. Like I'm waiting for that home run, and actually, the singles are what gets you there.
0: Is that yeah. what you're saying?
1: The base runs, it, it, they're getting they're getting us closer, and because how often and I, okay in pro ball maybe it happens more often but how often are home runs
0: oh well i mean if you think about it an exceptional an exceptional hitter is over 300 345 is like over the top and that's out of a batting range of 1000 so if somebody's batting three hundred, three fifty, i mean those guys are you know 30% of the time they're they're getting a hit they're getting on base you know, and a poor an average hitter is, you know, two fifty, two and a bad hitter is under two hundred, right? So, you know, having you know that kind of success at at the at the plate is is really great. So, you know, um I guess really the question that I keep going back to is you know, when you step in that box when you've been hit, you know, overcoming that fear is one of the critical steps for you to achieving the greatness within you. And it's interesting because Andy Dunn said in the podcast, he said, often when we are the most afraid is when we are making one of the most important decisions. One of the most important things we need to value is courage. And so I think a lot of times we are hesitant to act because we're we're afraid honestly we're afraid we we kind of project all of the things that could go wrong or might go wrong instead of just going you know what i feel at the core i feel in my gut that this is the right decision and yes i see all the potential bad things that could happen and yes i potentially might get hit and i potentially might fail or i might stumble but you know what? I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to pursue this
1: bat. Okay. Actually, you said something when you said I might fail. I think that when we I'm going to go back to your original question about how do we how do we deal with a messy life is the fact that I think you just have to accept that you're going to fail. And and maybe the problem is, is that we've had a definition of failure as in bad.
0: And here, yes, and I love that. And let me, i sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I think this is really important. It's not that you fail, it's that you made a mistake. Okay. Right? So even
1: mistakes have been perceived as bad.
0: Ex- exactly. As a
1: bad thing. You shouldn't make mistakes. I mean, heck, oh my gosh. What about the bloody papers that you would get from your teacher? They bloody <laughs> it up with red marks all over it. And you're like, mistake, 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 mistake. Okay. That is what we, you and I, grew up with. Yeah. We made mistakes. And that was bad. Because then you got a big old fat F. Failure. What does that F stand for? (laughs) Failure. And it's like, that like sucks, right? And then we still have that in the school system. And we still have the Fs. But it's like, that's where I think our mind has to shift ourselves. Yes. That. So what? Okay, fine. You hear the word failure. So switch it in your head that it's saying, okay, but I'm learning from it. I think you only fail is if you don't learn from it. Does that mean you won't fail again? No, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying that you're going to learn from it and maybe it's going to be another, another thing that happens. But because every step of the way you're going to progress. Picture a little baby walking. I mean, they're learning to walk, I'm saying. And they fall, they get right back up and they start it again. They don't actually know that they have not, they don't have the notion of failure. They just keep getting back up. I think we, we teach them failure. We teach them that like, and, and so we have to change our, um, verbiage, our narrative in our mind, in our, or, and the things that we say to people like don't, don't, I shouldn't say don't tell a kid, um, What I'm saying is when you're teaching somebody or just yourself, teach yourself that this is part of the process of learning. You're the baby that's learning to walk is going to fall, period. I mean, they, they, they're not running right after they, when they start getting up, they crawl first, you know, they get on their knees, they do that army crawl and, and then they're like steadying themselves and they're balancing and all that. That's all part of it. So, people, why do we feel that we're gonna go from zero to Mach one um, hundred? That's not how we're built or designed.
0: I love that imagery because you think about a little kid learning how to walk. He doesn't take that first step, fall down, and go, ah, "I'm done. I'm never gonna walk again. I'm not. I'm not even he gonna has try." No idea. Right? No, he's just like. Hey, I see that they can walk and I want to be able to do that, (laughs) Right. right? And so you don't see them curling up and being done. You say, you see them go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to try again. Yes, they may be a little hesitant for that first step or, you know, as they try again, but they're not afraid to. To try it again, to get up and try again. So like you said, they don't have a concept of failure. They're just going, I need to keep doing this until I win.
1: You know, and that's an interesting thought because I just, I was thinking, how do babies know? Or how do, how do we know as humans that let's go from laying down, being carried, to actually using our legs, to getting on our knees, to actually crawling And then progressively standing next to a couch or whatever to hold ourselves up into an upright position and then to actually walk and then to actually run. How do we know this? I think it's just instinctive. It's just instinctive. And I mean, you watch animals and they're instinctive in what they do, right? Um, So I think that instinct in us should also tell us that we were meant to do more always. We are meant to progress always. It's not just, um, you know, we get to a certain point in our life and we are, you know, maybe we're pretty comfortable where we're at. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe we are a little comfortable where we're at. I'm not saying you're not going to get some challenges, but honestly, I believe that just like the baby is instinctively learning to walk and then run, I think we instinctively know that we should be progressing.
0: Well, what's interesting about as you broke that down, laying down, crawling, taking for standing up, taking the first steps, then taking multiple steps, then taking, then running, you can't step, you can't skip any of those steps. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very important because we try to go from laying down to Mach one and wonder why we can't get there mm-hmm. it's because we're trying to skip or jump over steps when we really need to recognize that each one of those foundational steps build upon each other giving us the capacity to go further with every step every Progress that we make.
1: Yep, yep, and you just really—you shouldn't miss any of those things because I think that when you do, you cheat yourself out of the entire—not um, just the process of learning, but just the gift of where you are getting going to. And let's just say you made it to your goal by skipping a step. Um, I think you just rob yourself of the value of that whole experience. Well,
0: and I, I don't think if you skip a step that it lasts. No, I think, right? I think it doesn't last, yeah. right? You can't sustain that. You may be able to accomplish it for a small a burst, mm-hmm. but you cannot sustain that. And really, what I think this life is, is that we need to build our building blocks so that we can sustain greatness. We can. And as we sustain greatness, we then can evolve to the next step because where, where I am today, I think is only, you know, a microcosm of where you and I will be in 10 years, Mm -hmm. right? Because every year we're building on our character, on our relationship, on the things that we're doing in business, on, on every aspect of our life. And the moment that you, you, just give up and and pull back and retreat. that's when you actually start to digress.
1: Yeah well and, and okay, but let's talk about that. let's we don't want I don't want our listeners to think you can't take a pause because
0: no, that's not what I'm saying yeah, at all.
1: You should be able to take a pause and that's that's to reflect um, where you're at and reassess. And I think we talked about that last last week, but it's the it's same thing as reassessing or same thing as a boxer. You um, they take a little faint or they take a little, you know, step back and just kind of readjust and then move on. So that's important. But you're talking about like retreating as in, you know, I'm done
0: and just being done. I mean, here's a perfect example. I haven't run in since our accident, my accident a year ago, Mm -hmm. right? For me to go and run in the foothills, three miles, five miles, eight miles would not, I would not be able to do it at the level I could a year ago. Right. Right? I would have to rebuild yeah. the capacity to run as fast and as long as I did in the past. And so I digressed in my in my capacity because I did I wasn't able to do it anymore, right? Because of outside influences. But some of us we we need to make sure that we're not stepping back and just giving up. Because we've either, we've become fearful or we've become discouraged and we've gotten beaten down and saying, you know what, let's not give up. Let's take a rest and then let's move forward.
1: Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think
0: that's really, really critical.
1: Well, and I, I think from getting back from the very beginning of what we talked about where um, the gentleman was saying, I forgot the name. Of the Andy Dunn. Andy Dunn was explaining that he um, did not, he wasn't being optimistic, Optimistic. he was being defiant. Yeah. And and that's, I think, that whole thing that we're discussing is like, yeah, you know, are we going to stay in the fight? Are we going to stay in the batter's box? Um, are we going to, you know, be, <laughs> are we going to be like a baby and go, hey, I see them walking, I'm getting up and I'm going to continue going. Are we going to be defiant? Like you, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That's just I think that's I think you have to have a mantra in your head and I I do. It's the fact that just tell me that I can't do something and I will show you that I will. Tell me you can outwork me because I will outwork you. Those are the kind of things that drive me. But maybe it doesn't drive everybody.
0: No, I, I well, and that's an interesting thing because each one of us bring our own unique per personality and experience and perspective Um, to our own lives and to the lives around us, right? Because all of us impact each other. But I love what he said. And I just keep, it just keeps hitting my heart. He said, I was defiant Mm -hmm. in the face of terrifying reality. I think a lot of times things seem so overwhelming. They can seem so dark and you can't see necessarily a way out today. But when you find the courage and you are defiant against those odds you're saying you know what those odds are not going to beat me Mm -hmm. i'm not going to be defeated i am going to push through this and win and finding that inner strength and that inner fire is really really critical
1: it's that courage it's that courage and that's probably the best best way to think about things um when you're facing a challenge Maybe it's not so much, maybe it is about defiance and and optimism or or whatever the term you want to use. But I think courage, um, honestly, when I think of fear, because courage and fear aren't in the same, I mean, they're opposites. Yeah, they're opposites. So what is fear? Like we, we talked about this. What is it? False evidence appearing real. So that's what fear is. So if it's not real, then have the courage to push, to, to realize that, I guess, and push past it. I actually, um, I pulled out this book for us because I wanted our readers to hear about this book. It's from the, um, the Napoleon, with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. It's called Three Feet from Gold and, um, turn your obstacles into opportunities. And you have to read this book, this awesome book. It's, um, with the author Think and Grow Rich from that series. It's called Three Feet from Gold. And, It's, it, I don't want to give the book away. You need to read it. But that's what I like about personal development and what you're doing is like reading or listening to different podcasts and so do I. And um, that, you know, the Three Feet From Gold is about mining. And they gave up. The person that actually was mining, he was three feet from gold. And he didn't know that. And instead of adjusting and turning the other way, that's all he had to do, or go just a little bit further, I think, is how it was. All he had to go was dig three feet more, and he would have hit gold. But instead, he gave up. And now you have to read the rest of the book so that you know the rest of the story, because it's amazing. But I think that's what it is. It's like we end up going, yeah, this isn't it for me. Forget it. You know, I, I'll i be honest with you, Jody. I don't really know anybody that has given up. Like, I don't know anybody that's given up. I've, I know people that adjust and make changes because they have to. Um, and that's okay. And then maybe it's just because I don't perceive them as giving up. I perceive them as it ha- it's a change right now. They need to make a change. Yeah.
0: And, and that is a, you know, that's an important point because I think part of it is because of the people that you surround yourself with. You surround yourself with people that are driven to improve themselves they are driven to succeed and so as you surround yourself with positive influences you know people that are setting a a higher bar for themselves and you see them working through challenges it inspires you and motivates you to be even better Mm -hmm. because you want to be in that circle of friends that are achieving great things and that's an important lesson it's like Sur- surround yourself yep. with people that are, that are even at a perceived higher level than you are, so that you can learn from them. Right. If that's where you want to go, and that's the key. If that's where you want to go, because every single one of us have our own dreams and and passions and desires. And the the beauty of it is, it if you want to go somewhere and you're willing to face. The challenges, your doubts, your fears, and be willing to embrace that journey. You can't accomplish anything. So I just... This, I mean, we could continue on this yeah. discussion. I mean, it just has really, really it's been something <laughs> that has been in my mind, in my heart, the last three, four, five days. And I would really, I will put the link in the in the show notes to the podcast for for Guy Ross and and also Judy's book that she commented on. But I hope you guys have a fantastic week. We appreciate that you join us every week as we explore thoughts about success and overcoming ourselves and finding courage in the face of adversity and building positive experiences in your life and becoming ultimately the best version of yourself. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, mahalo!